It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda. A double shot of Catholicism and conversation to start your day off right. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. Monday morning to you. It is January. I got to look. Ninth. It is the ninth. January ninth. <laughs> David and Brenda with you on the morning blend. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you had a great weekend. And I felt like today was just the day we needed to play Monday Monday. A Monday Monday kind of a day. Good morning, David. Good morning. You have a nice weekend. I did have a nice weekend, but you know something happened to me this weekend. I thought I'd share with everybody. Oh, what's that? I didn't tell you about it. No. I was walking out of church yesterday. Uh, the good deacon didn't serve. He was on an airplane, so he went to a different mass. Yeah. Walking outside a Holy Redeemer church, fell right down in the parking lot. Oh, no. Belly down. Oh, my goodness. The only thing really injured, though, was my ego. So I just wanted to share that with people. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes yes. these things just happen. They do. Did you, did you catch a toe on something? Yeah, or? just yeah. like a little crack. I was just probably moving a little faster than I would, just kind yeah. of moving to my car and... Uh, Fortunately for my ego, only one person saw yeah. me and I just, I jumped right up. It wasn't like a big deal, but I yeah. did go belly down and he's like, are you okay? And I went, just fine. Yeah. Just kept on oh. walking. Is that one of those things where you pop up real quick and yep. look to see if anybody's Who saw looking? me? Yeah. Who saw me? It happens. I was uh, humbled by it. Well, then you and I are in good company <laughs> with one another because yeah. I, I took the tumble on the ice. Uh, That's right. Yeah. A couple weeks ago when we had the snowy weather and the icy weather, <sighs> painful. Right oh, okay. Right on the rib cage. <gasps> Ouch. Yeah. So uh, I've been kind of recovering from that. You took was... a, yeah, more more of a spill than I did. I just kind of slipped down and yeah. I, t- I did manage to take a couple of steps and then I went, oh, I'm going down. Like mm. I knew it. As I was trying, I was stumbling forward and then down I went and up I came and, you know, trying to act like, oh, (laughs) nothing happened here, nothing to see people. But uh, only one person saw me. Well, you had quite the epiphany yesterday. Oh, I see what you're going. I I do see what you did there. The Feast of the Epiphany. I left all of my Christmas lights on. My Christmas tree still up. And and so I said, this is the last day for in in our house. I think people can celebrate it up until today, which is the baptism of the Lord. Which is a little different than normal. It is a little different because the Epiphany should have been or would have been on the 6th last week right but they move it forward to the weekend so everybody can participate in that but the weekend then moves the uh baptism of the lord they move that to today right so let's, let's celebrate that's okay yeah. and one extra day i left my christmas tree on anyway when i left <laughs> well does that officially wrap up the the christmas season i, I know there's these different theories and yeah, dates yeah. and certain orders celebrate it longer but yes i think liturgically this is the last weekend of the Christmas season because next week we go into ordinary time. The priest will be back in green. Might even be today. 
Uh, no, it wouldn't be today because it's the baptism of the Lord. But perhaps if I knew a Monsignor who was in the <laughs> Office of Divine Worship, he would probably be able to clarify that for me. I believe tomorrow, though, we're back into uh, liturgical green. I'll double check that, though. All right. It says on my beautiful Catholic calendar right here that the 15th, which would be this coming Sunday, that is the considered the second Sunday of Ordinary Time. Okay, and then looking at the liturgical calendar here, it does show green as the color beginning tomorrow. All right, there you go. So be ready. Yep, we're back at it. Time for like that that hard work to <laughs> Lent and Easter. It feels like this say. is what we're doing yeah. this time of the year. Yeah, before you know it, Ash Wednesday will be here. In fact, I got to flip on the calendar to see exactly when Ash it's Wednesday is. It's next month, is it just next in month? case you're wondering. All right. It's, but basically, I mean, we're almost two months away. It's, it's towards the end of the month. But yep, Lent starts in uh, next in February. Okay, there you go. Calendar just keeps on rolling. Look at I know. You feel like you just turned the, the calendar to a new year, and we're already into into Lent. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I, did, blend. I did get out for a walk yesterday. Did you? Yeah, it was it was kind of warmish, but I got poured on. I, when I started, it wasn't raining, but oh. man, when I finished, it was I got soaked. Yeah. I had a rain jacket on, but still, it was it was rainy. But I'll tell you what. Not as bad as California. What's happening oh in the state there? I was goodness. watching that this weekend. State of emergency declared. Yeah, it's I mean, crazy. when it so. rains, it pours. Yeah. I, that you know is the saying. But boy, for a, a state that's in drought, this is a lot all at once. It really is, and that'll be one of my news stories coming up. What do you got? Well, did Pope Emeritus Benedict view Pope Francis as his opponent? A new book by the uh, archbishop's, or excuse me, by Pope Emeritus' closest bishop friend, explains the relationship. All right, got a great show ahead. All right, we're going to start things now with Village Lights and Sweetest Sound. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. All my burdens, born of suffering, all I carry, longing for a home. We are homeless in our secrets. No more wandering, I'm running to be known. I'm not alone.
That is Village Lights and the Sweetest Sound. It's 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Monday morning. Both uh, recovering from falls. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. <laughs> yes. So uh, yours the first one, or mine the first one, yours the second one. I tell you, it's tough getting old. Uh, you got to be careful out there. That's right. Hey, basketball season's underway. How about that? You know, although we got we got a lot of football to talk about coming up in sports, lots of football to talk about, which is fun. But it is basketball season. We're going to check in with the Catholic Youth Organization, and we'll do that right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Brother Cyril, a Benedictine monk at Mount Angel Abbey, for the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day, in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit matradayradio.com. Support from Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie, located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood. The Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com. There are more than two dozen feast days dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary in 2023. How do you stay on top of them all? The easiest way is Mater Dei Radio's Marian calendar. Get yours today before the new year moves too far along and our limited supply runs out. Just go to the Christmas resources at materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app and we'll promptly send you one of these colorful calendars free. It features magnificent artwork uplifting messages of faith, and a full listing of all Our Lady's feast days in 2023. Start the new year right with this stunning display of spiritual motivation for your home, office, workshop, or anywhere you can use a little reminder that Our Lady is praying for you. Get your 2023 Marian calendar now before they're all gone in the Christmas resources section on the Hail Mary media app or materdayradio.com. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 713 here at Mater Day Radio. Another rain week ahead. If you didn't get enough wetness this <laughs> yes, weekend. Yes, I need more. Yeah, we need a little bit more. Another series of rain uh, storm systems moved through beginning today with rain 
more wind today in the afternoon. They said gusts across the valley could be as high as 35 miles an hour, 50 to 60 miles an hour in the mountains of northwest Oregon. Mm. Boy, that is just going to be treacherous. Daytime highs, though, going to be into the low 50s, maybe 49, 50, 51, something like that. Then overnight showers will slowly end. Uh, temperatures drop to the upper 30s. Then tomorrow looks to be like maybe the break in the week. Maybe just a few passing showers, but really not uh, anything to talk about. Highs to near 50 degrees, but rain returns for Wednesday, continuing all the way into the weekend. See, these winds are taunting me because every time I get my driveway cleared, cleared off with the branches and things, and another wind can Yeah, I think somebody there. knew something around our area because all of the branches are still all in the gutters. Yeah. I think that they knew something else was coming. Well, it is 46 degrees at Our Lady of the Lake Church in Lake Oswego. And it is 44 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. And it's always good to talk sports with the Catholic Youth Organization. Joining us this morning is the Director of Basketball and Volleyball for CYO. It is Aaron Cahill. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning. Thank you for having me again. How are you today? I am good. It's a Monday. We're ready to get a fun week started. <laughs> I'm glad you put it that way. It is a, <laughs> It is a Monday, and we are ready to get a fun week started. So did you have a nice weekend? I had a great weekend. It was a wonderful weekend with family, um, and we had another weekend of basketball. So how can you complain? So are you a football watcher? Because that's what I did a lot yesterday. I watched a lot of NFL football because playoff implications were on the line. Yeah, you know, I know playoffs are coming up pretty soon. Normally, if it's a regular Sunday, I would be home watching a little bit of football. My husband's a huge Patriots fan. Um, but this weekend in our family, it was a volleyball tournament weekend. I oh, had nice. Club ball, so we were out of town enjoying those games. So did you play uh, basketball or volleyball uh, in school? I did. I played basketball and volleyball only up until high school. And then I kind of went a different direction and, and went to the musical route. But oh, I did nice. Yeah. Yeah, I like I've said before. I I love both basketball and volleyball. I never played volleyball. I played basketball, but volleyball is always so fun to watch. To my daughters played at the CYO level and and beyond. But just a great sport, and basketball is the same way. But you guys are off and running with basketball. I mean, things are things are rolling along. Let's talk a little bit first about your Hot Shots program. These are the little guys. These are the little guys. We've got a great winter hot shots program. It's um, piggybacking on our fall hot shots. So we have it for both seasons. Um, but this year was really exciting because we hit a record number of participants, just over 600 little first and second grade boys and girls out there having some fun. So we were super excited. I love that. I, I can remember when, again, my daughters played at that age and, uh, everybody's kind of directing them, no, go this way, go this way. Right. They're running. It's so much fun. Yeah, no, it was a great another weekend. Um, we've got a big tournament coming up at the end of the year, and it's just a great time to help everybody feel like a winner. Everybody comes out, you know, with their medals and a trophy for their team, just letting them know that we're super proud of them for just working hard and having fun. That's the most important thing. So how, how long does the Hot Shots program run till? So it's the Hot Shots regular season will go all the way through Saturday, February 18th, and then we have our big tournament on the 25th of February. Uh, that's, that's wonderful. So I'm trying to think with the, with the little folks out there playing, drop the hoops down a little bit for them. We do. We do have lowered rims for all of the little guys um, for the first and second graders. You know, it's kind of hard enough to hit the low ones, let yes. alone try to hit the big ones. So again, we just, we want it to be fun. We want them to get out there just to learn to love the sport. 
um, play with their friends, smile and have a good time. We don't keep score. We just want to get out there and, and hopefully help them find a love for basketball. Yeah, uh, it is a lot of fun. I love watching them. I just remember that. Some great memories there. That is for sure. So then up to the grade schoolers now, third through eighth grade. Where are we at with the, that program? Yeah, so we've got a, a you know couple thousand kids doing the three through eight grades, which was wonderful. We had an opening tournament um, beginning of December which was wonderful. It's kind of a round-robin style just to get everybody back on the court and you know, remembering how to play basketball. <laughs> right. Um, and then they had their first game right before the holiday break and just got back into the second week this last Saturday. Um, but, yeah, over 2,800 participants. Um, it, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger every year. We're super excited. Gosh, that's amazing because I, I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but isn't basketball the biggest program for CYO? It is. Yep. It's kind of the the biggest one that we have. I mean, we offer a variety of sports, but this is the one that everybody gravitates to. And it's just so much fun. Um, We've got some big tournaments coming up at the end. So again, you know, it gives everybody a chance to play through a season. We have multiple divisions. So you can pick the level that's great for your school and your club. Um, And just, again, let everybody be successful at their own level, but then enjoy a big tournament at the end of the year and, and celebrate a great season. Again, we're speaking with Erin Cahill. She is the Director of Basketball and Volleyball for the Portland Catholic Youth Organization as they roll through the basketball season. Now, I'm going to knock on wood and hope don't jinx you here, but uh, so far the weather's been good. I know, yeah. We haven't (laughs) had any power outages on game days or anything. So, so far, um, as far as I hear, everything's been good. And, yeah, hopefully it didn't just jinx it. I'm hoping for a great season. <laughs> yes. See, now <laughs> you're going to you're gonna call me next week after we have a right? power outage. You go, see, look what you did. Look what you yep. did with this. But uh, hopefully that will not happen. So, gym time been okay? Because I know sometimes with all of the different students and, and folks playing to, to find the gym time, but it sounds like you're rolling right through. We are. You know, a lot of the clubs give give a lot of gym time during basketball. It's great to have everybody supporting the program and supporting the kids so much. And this year we've been very fortunate. You know, our opening Jamboree tournament was held out at University of Portland. They just have a beautiful campus, a beautiful, you know, gym. And they were so gracious, you know, to let us go out there and, and have that opening weekend. And then we also have games at the Hoop. Um, So Saturday night, some of the older kid teams get to play at the Hoop, which is a lot of fun. And then our high school kids will also be doing their tournament here um, at Jesuit High School. And so it's just great that everybody's opening their doors just to help the kids find somewhere to play. We're, we're very appreciative and very grateful. Uh, that's wonderful. And speaking of the high schoolers, uh, this is the first year it's been back in a couple years. It is. You know, we weren't able to offer it during COVID for two years, um, but we're really, really happy to get the high school kids back on the court. Uh, we have two different divisions, a ninth and 10th grade division and an 11th and 12th grade division with a couple hundred participants. Um, and, and it's great. You know, I've, I've heard great stories. They're having so much fun out there, but they just want to play. They're just wanting to get on the court and keep their skills going. And um, they're having a great time. So that's wonderful to hear. Yeah, that's one of the great things about the high school program that I've always thought, you know, as you get into those later years into school, into high school, you know, the opportunities to play at the school like a varsity, you know, there's just not many positions open to do that so that's wonderful the CYO high school program allows uh, the kids to keep playing even though you know if they're not playing with their school team that's exactly right and what's nice is you know if you happen to not make a school team one year you're not losing a year you're still keeping your skills up you're still um, these coaches are dedicating a lot of time they're doing practices during the week and their games on the weekends and um, they're, they're able to keep going and then hopefully have a chance next year. But there's also some kids that just love basketball and they just, they want to play. 
for fun on the weekends. And so um, we have a couple different divisions for high school as well. So you could have a more competitive and a more, you know, relaxed division. Um, but we're excited to have it continue to build over the next couple of years and let everybody know that there's always a place for everybody. Everybody uh, can have a home and, and have a chance to play a sport. Uh, that is fantastic. Aaron Cahill, Director of Basketball and Volleyball for the Portland Catholic Youth Organization as they roll through the basketball season. Aaron, great to talk with you. Thanks for the update. I'm sure we'll check in as we get toward the end of the season, but uh, great luck with the remainder of the basketball season. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. We'll t- definitely talk again as we get closer to tournament time. All right. Well, have a great week ahead. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. And it is 722 here at Mater Day Radio. I love the dedication of those volunteers oh, yeah. that worked. At- David, you did you did yep. basketball ever? I coaching? did. Yep. Coached. Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, the dedication that people have to CYO, our son, he played basketball his eighth grade year. It was such a great experience for him. He kind of looks back and says, gosh, I wish I had done this for more years. Right. It's just so well organized. The parent volunteers are there. Moms and dads, you know, helping get kids across this, you know, the area to get to their important games. So they just do such a great program with mm-hmm. CYO. Now that interview that you just heard, I'm gonna that's gonna be a podcast on our webpage. And if you go to that podcast, I'm gonna put the link on there where you can go to CYO Camp Howard right to their sports page. Maybe get your son or daughter signed up for basketball season this year. You're also going to have access to that podcast on the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support from Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814. There are some saints and martyrs who were beheaded with a greater peace than I have when someone cuts me off on the freeway or my teenager's running late for school. If I find someone's driving me crazy, the problem isn't that person, it's me. Whenever someone disturbs your inner peace, your inner life is too disturbable. Jesus showed us in the way to Calvary that no one can take your hope, your joy, your peace, or even your love for them. No one can make you act or feel anything. When Jesus reigns in our hearts and minds, we don't hand over that kind of power to any human being. So if you're letting someone drive you crazy today, maybe God's telling you to build up the interior castle of your heart so that nothing disturbs you. But that comes from prayer. As St. Paul wrote from prison, do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Then the peace that surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. A great way to support Mater Dei Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. 
They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. Morning may have broken, but don't fret. David and Brenda can fix it. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. It is 726 at Mater Day Radio, and California continues to batten down the hatches as more storms roll in. We'll have the details in the news. And let them cry in church? Don't worry. Pope Francis' message to those visiting the Sistine Chapel yesterday. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news. Here is Ike and Dalu and Make It Loud. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Cities burn, mothers cry. Oh, my Lord, save my child. I know love is on our side. Still I pray.
That is Aikendalu and Make It Loud. It's 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, soon after Pope Benedict XVI was laid to rest in the crypt of St. Peter's Basilica, an Italian publisher released early copies of a book by the late Pope's secretary, Archbishop Jorns Gaineswine. His book... Nothing But the Truth, My Life Beside Benedict XVI, is filled with affection and admiration for Pope Benedict as a person, as a theologian, and as a pope. Now, the book includes the Archbishop's repeated insistence that Pope Benedict resign of his own free will and fully aware of what he was doing in February 2013. And Archbishop Gainwood wrote that Pope Benedict always was saddened by attempts to portray him and Pope Francis as opponents, especially when the observation came from within the Vatican. Now, Nothing But the Truth is scheduled for release in Italian on January 12th. No word or if or when the book will be translated into English. And Pope Francis baptized babies in the Sistine Chapel on Sunday and encouraged parents to teach their children to celebrate their baptism anniversary every year. On the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, January 8th, the Pope baptized 13 babies and presided over Mass beneath Michelangelo's frescoes. In a brief homily, the Pope said that baptism is like a rebirth in Christ and therefore should be celebrated like a birthday. And as in previous years, the Pope told parents not to worry if their babies make loud noises during the ceremony. He said, the children are symphonic. Let them cry and breastfeed them freely. What is that important today is that it is a celebration. Now, St. John Paul II began the papal tradition of baptizing children in the Sistine Chapel on the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord on January 11th, 1981. Now, the event was reserved at first to babies of the Swiss Guard, but later expanded to include the children of Vatican employees. Wouldn't that be something to say later in life? Who baptized you? Uh, It was the Pope. It was the Pope. Here's a picture of it right here. Yeah, that'd be special. Well, it has been just really crazy weather in California, and the Golden State is bracing for another round of likely flooding mudslides, topple trees, perhaps a few brief tornadoes as the latest and unrelenting parade of atmospheric river hits the West Coast. Storms today into Tuesday are expected to bring another surge of hazardous heavy rain, mountain snow, and damaging winds to California. Thousands already without power, and some have ordered to evacuate or warned they could be asked to flee. California Governor Gavin Newsom said yesterday they expect to see the worst of it still in front of them. So wind gusts topping 100 miles per hour were already reported across the region by early this morning, including a 132-mile-per-hour gust near Oroville, California, spurring fears of more downed trees and widespread power outages. President Biden has declared a state of emergency in California. Wow. Mm. It's just incredible. And the scenes, they say, yeah, that this destruction that they're receiving if bad, if not worse than the fires that they've had in recent years. Yeah. And I heard that and I went, wow, that's, that, uh, that's incredible. Yeah. So prayers for them for sure. Well, West Lynn City Council appointed 23-year-old Rory 
Belostiski as interim mayor on Tuesday. Let me say that again. 23-year-old mayor, yeah. That is making him, of course, the youngest in the city's history. He was voted in after the former mayor, Jules Walters, resigned to serve at the state capitol. Now, he graduated from Westland High School in 2018 and recently graduated from Lewis and Clark College with a degree in international relations. Now, despite his young age, he's no stranger to Westland politics. His passion won him a seat on the city council in 2020 at the age of 21. And in 2022, he was appointed city council president. Now, Belotowski uh, is now in charge of a $70 million budget and 27,000 residents. Now, he'll hold this title until May when there is a special election. He is leaning towards running for the official position of mayor of West Lynn, but hasn't officially decided anything yet. Ah, that's pretty cool. Ambitious young yeah, man, I'd say. That's great. Will one of the natural wonders of the West soon dry up? That's the concern of nearly three dozen scientists and conservationists who have released a report warning that the Great Salt Lake in Utah could disappear in the next five years without a dramatic inflow of water by 2024. So their report is going to Utah lawmakers who are set to open their 2023 legislative session later this month. Scientists are imploring the lawmakers to take emergency measures to save the Great Salt Lake before it drains completely. The report notes that the huge lake has been plagued by excessive water use and a worsening climate crisis dropping to record low levels two years in a row now. The lake is 19 feet below its natural average level and has entered uncharted territory after losing 73% of its water and exposing 60% of its lake bed. Wow. I saw some photos. Yeah, it's pretty dramatic. I wonder how, what kind of uh, water use they're talking about. Is it just, because I don't know that they can, uh, you know, uh, water, yeah, yeah, agriculture from the Salt Lake, or is it just people using it right, or yeah. for whatever reason, but wow, 2024 is not that far away. You know, you're saying the same thing with Lake Mead in Nevada, mm-hmm. same deal, how it had lost so much water. So there you go. Well, a Vancouver man was sentenced Friday to six years and three months in federal prison for a Ponzi scheme that defrauded 32 investors, most of them close friends and family, of $4.3 million. Charles Burgess pled guilty in August to a federal charge of mail fraud in the U.S. District Court in Tacoma. Now, the charging information filed in August states that between 1995 and April of 2021, Burgess sold investments in an unregistered investment vehicle he called the pool. Now, it states he sold investments to 64 investors, totaling $13.6 million. Now, Burgess was never a registered investment advisor and solicited investments from people who trusted him, such as friends and family members. Hmm. Well, in sports, the NFL playoffs are set following yesterday's regular season games. And maybe the biggest surprise of all, the (laughs) Seattle Seahawks. Where did this come from? I know it. They have made it as the final wildcard team. So to qualify, they, they needed some help. So first they had to beat the Rams, which they did yesterday in overtime. Wow. So they kicked a field goal to win it in regulation. They missed. So it's oh, ended, no. so it's entered into overtime. 
And that field goal kicker has been money, too. He's, like, he's missed like only three field goals all season long, and it, it bounced off the upright. Uh, I'm amazed at the number of times that happens. So anyway, it went into overtime, and he did make the winning field goal. But then, probably even more difficult, Detroit had to beat Green Bay in Green Bay <laughs> last night, and they did. And that happened. And if Green Bay would have won, it would have been Green Bay in the playoffs and not the Seahawks. Wow. So. And Detroit had no dog in the fight, so not to speak. At, No, because they already had learned that Seattle had won, so they knew even with a win, they weren't going to the playoffs. Yet they won anyway, because to beat their division rival, Green Bay. So That's they, always a yeah. Super Bowl game, so, basically. So they got to knock the Packers out of the playoffs. But anyway, that did happen. So Seattle will now take on division rival San Francisco on Saturday in one of the wild card games. So that game will kick off at 1.30 on Saturday from the Bay Area. The other wild card game on Saturday... Brenda's Los Angeles Chargers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. How about that? Your Chargers. Our Chargers are going in. They are in. So uh, those are the two games. And there's, I think, three wild card games on Sunday and one wild card game on Monday. So uh, it's going to be a big weekend next weekend of NFL. Hey, college football season culminates tonight with the championship game, pitting top-ranked Georgia, the Bulldogs, against TCU. Game picks off at 4.30 on ESPN. So the undefeated Bulldogs are nearly a two-touchdown favorite. But don't count the Horned Frogs out. They have been the surprise team all season long. So uh, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, Georgia, they, they've yet to lose a game. TCU's only lost one game. But uh, so there you go. Finally, the college football. The Bulldogs and the Horned Frogs. frogs that's it. A Horned Frog. A Horned Frog. Okay. TCU. <laughs> well, today is the celebration of the baptism of the Lord. And for 40 years, the Pope has baptized infants in the historic Sistine Chapel underneath the beautiful frescoes painted by Ma- Michelangelo. It is a unique tradition, one that was started by Pope St. John Paul II. Now, initially, this tradition started in the Pauline Chapel of the Apostolic Palace on January 11th, 1981. But then St. John Paul II moved it to the Sistine Chapel on January 9th, just a couple of years later. Now, St. John Paul II loved the Sistine Chapel and commissioned a lengthy restoration of the chapel that removed much of the soot and grime that covered the frescoes. And he gave a homily at the conclusion of the restoration in 1994, reflecting on the beauty of the chapel. The frescoes that we contemplate here, he said, introduce us to the world of revelation. The truths of our faith speak to us here from all sides. From then, the human genius has drawn its inspiration, committing itself to portraying them in forms of unparalleled beauty. Well, this yearly ceremony keeps the Sistine Chapel in use as it was meant to be, a sacred space for the worship of God, recalling the many events of salvation history. Sistine Chapel, not that big either, is it? It's surprisingly small. Right. You would think of it as to being this big church. No, it's exactly that. It's a, it's a chapel, mm-hmm. and you know maybe just um, a couple hundred people could probably fit in there. Oh. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Wednesday at 7 p.m. is a Requiem Mass for Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI at Holy Rosary Church here in Portland. All are invited to see, attend a sung Requiem Mass for the soul of 
Pope Emeritus Benedict. It is followed by a light reception in Siena Hall. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, the Hail Mary media app. Michael Davis is going to join us next. He's going to talk about Pope Benedict's legacy on social justice. It's right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Hello, this is Father Peter Julia, the Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. Join me in praying the Memorare. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my Mother. To you do I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, please download the free Hail Mary Media app or visit us online at materdayradio.com. We are leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Hood Hospice. For more than 40 years, Mount Hood Hospice has been serving those in their final stages of life with loving care in East Multnomah and Clackamas counties. With a compassionate medical and spiritual support team, hospice services are provided wherever the patient lives. With the top listing on Medicare's Care Compare, information online at mounthoodhospice.org. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 7.45 at Mater Day Radio. Well, another rainy, breezy day. Again, the wind could be kicking up to, up to 20 miles per hour, higher gusts, so be prepared for that as we roll through the day today. High of 52 degrees, 20% chance of showers overnight tonight, low of 39, and then a 30% chance of rain for Tuesday with a high of 49. Currently it is 42 degrees at St. Francis of Assisi Catholic Church out in Banks, Oregon. And 47 degrees at O'Hara Catholic School in Eugene. Well, with the passing of Pope Benedict, we've been looking at the life and legacy that his papacy has had on the church. Well, joining me today is Michael Davis. He is the host of the podcast, Common Sense on Social Justice, that you can listen to right here at Mater Day Radio. Michael is joining me today to talk a little bit about the legacy of social justice that Pope Benedict has left on the church. Good morning, Michael. Yeah, good morning, Brenda, and Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to you, too. 
With Pope Benedict's passing on New Year's Eve, it is appropriate to look back at his life and legacy, especially what his really his thumbprint on the Catholic Church will be. And we know that as a theologian, he did so much writing. For your podcast, you're going to spend some time this week talking about his impact on social justice. Did Pope Benedict talked very directly about the church's uh, guidance on social justice issues? No, I wouldn't say directly. Um, certainly in his encyclical Charity and Truth, he did speak very directly and talked about some of the injustices in the world, but his theology was built around the idea that true theology is Bible-centered and Christ-centered and, and, and founded in the love of God. So really, you know, out of that love of God comes social justice, which we see in that encyclical. However, you've got a priest— uh, well, first of all, a man who's born in 1927 in right. Germany. So he sees the biggest injustice you could see. And as a priest, he's helping Jews escape Germany. So he's not so much talking about social justice, he's doing it. Well, any person born during that time, and especially people born in Germany, his whole vocation as a priest bishop, cardinal, and then finally as pope, had to have been shaped by those very early years lived during the war. Uh, yeah, definitely. And we talk much about that this week in the podcast. And this week's podcast is just a tribute to his life, just getting to know the man and looking at his teachings and legacies and shapings. And so, yeah, he was very much shaped in Germany during Nazi reign, by the way, being forced into Hitler youth, forced into the mm -hmm. German military, resisted it, ended up in trouble because of that. But he's being shaped, which, by the way, an interesting fact across the border is another person being shaped, Carol Watiwa, same circumstances. Here's these two individuals side by side. Well, you will learn more about that if you listen to this week's podcast from Michael Davis, Common Sense on Social Justice. You're going to find it under the standalone podcast menu at materdayradio.com. We also know about Pope Emeritus Benedict. He was a prolific writer. I yeah. mean, volumes of essays and books and encyclicals really guiding the church in a right and true way. You talk about one and you're going to spend some time talking about charity and truth. Now explain this encyclical and how it directly is a discussion on social justice. Right. So after his first encyclical, God is love, he really establishes what this love is all about. And so in the second encyclical, he shows that it has to be lived out in relationship to other humans. And so I don't want to give away too much. You'll have to listen to the podcast. But he takes world issues that we're dealing with now and shows how does the love of God transform that. And so it's really about, and we'll, we will talk much about this, how does love inform social justice into action? Well, Michael, in our last interview, we actually had a discussion about love and what it is. We know that St. Thomas Aquinas, his idea of love was willing the good of the other, mm -hmm. which on the surface doesn't sound like a lot, but it is very deep. And you talked a little bit in your last podcast about what is love? And I know Pope Benedict would mm -hmm. have much also to say about that. And you're in the compendium on social doctrine. What did it tell us about what love is? Yeah, it, it tried to really spell it out. I've been trying to wrap my mind around 
this more, especially mm-hmm. since running into the encyclical God is love. I think that uh, uh, one word that keeps popping out to me is love is prevalent and it's prevailing. So prevalent, it's there like in your face and it's prevailing. It keeps on going no matter what your response is to it. This is kind of like the radio waves, right? We're on the radio. Mm-hmm. The radio waves keep going whether we turn on the radio or not. And it's kind of like that. It's it's not God's love that's a, an issue at any point. It's our response to that love that may create goodness or create issues. And so what uh, the compendium brings out is that love is prevailing. It just keeps going. And even when we mess everything up, it still just keeps on going. Well, that is a comfort to know that much as the way that God's grace is continuing to pour out on us. All we need to do is tap into that and the things we'll be able Mm -hmm. to do. Michael, when we started the interview this morning, you said Happy New Year. Well, people make all kinds of promises for the new year, things that they want to do. Here at Mater Day Radio, we've been offering suggestions, but we've also been telling our listeners, you know, we don't have to do all of it. Do one thing or do one thing this month and then do another thing next month. If somebody listening wanted to say, okay, I've been listening to this, Mm. these commentaries on social doctrine with the, the death of Pope Emeritus Benedict the 16th, I want to try and choose one thing that I can do right now Mm. to make my neighborhood a more just place. Where would they start? Good question. Yeah, I like that. Let's take a month by month, month by month, step by step approach. Let's take January. So January, commit to seeing. Open your eyes and see. And maybe through prayer, asking God, help me to see who is in my neighborhood, what is in my neighborhood. And take the month of February then to pray and understand what you're seeing. And then maybe March to begin to then physically meet those people that you're seeing. It could be homeless people, it could be women in domestic violence, it could be immigrants, whatever. But then take the month of March and then then go meet them. Just get to know them as a person. Take April then to ask them questions and say, what's going on, how can I be there? And just allow the year to unfold that way. I think that is a really wonderful way to take on the year again. You set yourself up for failure if you're just going to say, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to become more faithful. I'm going to go to church every day. It's too much to begin with. Build up to that. And I like the way that you say that. Just open your eyes. It sounds so simple. You may not like what you want you see, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but that's a a great first step. And uh, just be truthful. Yeah, exactly. And I have a lot of people that ask me, why don't I get involved in this issue of justice or that issue? And I just tell them I'm one person. Mm -hmm. I've got to focus on my one thing. And my one thing is the homelessness. That's my focus during the week in action. So why? Because, well, that's what I can do. I can't do everything. So I like that you brought that up. Well, fantastic. Well, we love all of the commentary that you offer on your podcast. And it's just really great to be able to have you on the show every other week and talk about this commentary and social justice in our community. Michael, thanks so much. We look forward to your next podcast. Yes. And thank you. And again, that is Michael Davis, his podcast, 
Common Sense on Social Justice. You're going to find it on our webpage, matradayradio.com, under the digital media pull-down menu. You're also going to be able to access it on our Hail Mary media app. And it is 7.54 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Monday morning. Speaking of the Hail Mary media app, Sarah told us that we have now surpassed 1,800 downloads. So thank you so much for everyone who has downloaded the free Hail Mary media app. Again, free it is. Go to our website and click on Hail Mary Media, and you can learn all about it. It'll give you access to our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. You can tune into live broadcasts of Mater Day Radio, check out podcasts, sign up for customized prayer reminders, and so much more. It is the free Hail Mary media app. All the details on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Mater Day Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. Grab some coffee and take the morning blend with you anywhere you go. Listen to the podcast at materdayradio.com. It is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Well, you're ready for a little treasure hunt on the Oregon coast. Tell you about a fun program coming up in the news. And while you're out at the coast, why not take a walk in a sand maze? I'll tell you about that exploration when we come back. Here is Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Some people have the gift of inspiring and bringing people together. Blessed Pauline Mary Jerichop was such a person. Born in France in 1799, Pauline grew up the seventh child of a silk factory owner in Lyon. When she turned 15, she entered society and enjoyed a life of vanity and lukewarm faith. But at the age of 17, God convicted her heart through a Lenten homily about the vices of vanity. And that same year, she gave up her secular lifestyle, made a vow of virginity, and became a member of the Third Order of St. Dominic. 
Inspired by a devotion to the Eucharist and a desire to console the heart of Jesus for the ingratitude of humanity, she formed a union of prayer among the 200 women who worked in her family's silk factory. Then, one day, she learned of the financial needs of the mission work in China. This is when her powers of inspiring others really took off. Going to a women's prayer group, she asked them to offer daily prayers and weekly contributions to help the missions. Each woman was encouraged to invite 10 other people to do the same. This effort was so successful in helping the mission in China that other French foreign missions sought her group for financial help. Today, her program is known as the Pontifical Society for the Propagation of Faith, which is dedicated to helping fund missionary efforts worldwide under the Pope's authority. Talk about making an impact. But Pauline's efforts did not end there. In 1826, she recognized a falling away from the faith and lackluster spirituality in her fellow Frenchmen. So she turned to Mother Mary and developed the Association of the Living Rosary, calling upon her friends to form groups of 15 where each person from the group would pray one decade of the traditional 15-decade rosary every day. She understood that most people found it difficult to pray an entire rosary themselves, but praying a daily decade was much more realistic. Once again, her program was so successful that by the time of her death in 1862, there were more than 150,000 groups. Today, there are nearly 12 million members worldwide. Unfortunately, towards the end of her life, Pauline made a bad business deal that left her in financial ruin, and she spent the rest of her life in total poverty, suffering from the feeling of humiliation for letting down her investors and the people she sought to help. But this seemed only to have fulfilled her promise to the Lord at the time of her conversion all those years ago. In a journal, she had written that Christ asked her, would you like to suffer and die for me? She wrote in response, I offered myself as a victim to the divine majesty. Pauline lived her life on fire for Christ. She used her talent of bringing people together under common mission and furthered the kingdom of God tenfold. She enjoyed the trust and love of all those whom she helped. In the end, she suffered disgrace, betrayal, and abandonment by friends. She suffered in a way like Christ. This may not be the warm and fuzzy ending that we want to hear, but it is the authentic reality of a life lived abandoned to God. Blessed Pauline Mary Jerrycott, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. And in your news, Pope Francis told international diplomats Monday that the global community is engaged in a third world war marked by heightened fear, conflict, and risk of nuclear violence, but a recommitment to the truth, justice, solidarity, and freedom can provide a pathway to peace. The Pope made these remarks as part of his annual address to the diplomatic corps accredited to the Holy See. Pope Francis characterized this speech as a call for peace in a world that is witnessing heightened divisions and war. As part of this heightened of tensions, the Pope warned about the increased threat of nuclear warfare, drawing particular concern to the stall in negotiations for the Iran nuclear deal. He told the gathered diplomats that the possession of nuclear weapons is immoral and called for an end to a mentality that pursues conflict deterrence through the development of ever more lethal means of warfare. 
And soon after, Pope Benedict XVI was laid to rest in the crypt of St. Peter's Basilica, an Italian publisher released early copies of a book by the late Pope's secretary, Archbishop George Gainwine. The, the book, Nothing But the Truth, My Life Beside Benedict XVI, is filled with affection and admiration for Pope Benedict as a person, as a theologian, and as Pope. Now, the book includes the Archbishop's repeated insistence that Pope Benedict resigned of his own free will and fully aware of what he was doing in February of 2013. Archbishop Gaineswine wrote that Pope, Francis, Pope Benedict always was saddened by attempts to portray him and Pope Francis as opponents, especially when the observation came from within the Vatican. Nothing But the Truth is scheduled for release in Italian January 12th. No word if or when the book would be translated into English. Exercise equipment maker Peloton has agreed to pay roughly $19 million in fines related to its delay in reporting a defect for its treadmills that caused one death and multiple injuries. The announcement coming from the Consumer Product Safety Commission that says the fine resolves the agency's charges that Peloton knowingly failed to immediately report to the commission as required by law that the treadmill in question contained a defect that could create a substantial product hazard and created an unreasonable risk of serious injury to consumers. The civil penalty also settles charges that Peloton knowingly distributed recalled treadmills in violation of the Consumer Product Safety Act. As part of the settlement, Peloton is also required to file annual compliance reports for the next five years. A Vancouver man was sentenced Friday to six years and three months in federal prison for a Ponzi scheme that defrauded 32 investors, most of them close friends and family, of $4.3 million. Charles Burgess pled guilty in August to a federal charge of mail fraud in U.S. District Court in Tacoma. The charging information filed August 4th states that between 1995 and April of 2021, Burgess sold investments in an unregistered investment vehicle that he called the pool. Now, it states that he sold investments to 64 investors, totaling $13.6 million. Now, Burgess was never a registered investment advisor and solicited investments from people who trusted him, such as friends and family members. Well, my wife and I have searched several times, but have never found one. Uh-huh. I'm talking about those beautiful glass floats that are hidden on the beach around the Oregon coastal town of Lincoln City. The tourism organization Explore Lincoln City that runs the program, Finders Keepers, has just announced the dates when many of the floats will be hidden, giving folks the chance to find one of the artistic works of art. So the drop days are often centered around big events and holidays or geared toward specific themes. This year, there will be at least one drop of the floats every month except July and August. So each float comes with instructions on how to register online to receive your certificate of authenticity and information about the artist who made the float. So the next big float drop is coming up the week of February 11th through the 18th. That coincides with Antique Week with 100 Japanese antique floats being hidden by what are known as the float fairies. The float fairies. So overnight, they're going to drop 100 100 floats. Of these floats. 
somewhere along the beaches around Lincoln City. Oh my gosh, it is like an Easter egg hunt for adults. It I is. mean, the crying, the kicking, and carrying on when you don't get one, David. That's it. That's that was my wife and I. So we had a great time doing it. It was really? fun. It's just like. So you're out walking along the beach and you see, oh, that would be a great spot for a float. Then you go over there. Oh, it's not nothing, nothing, nothing there. So uh, Or something shiny and you find yeah. that it's just like yeah. a, a bottle top or something like that. Those floats are beautiful. Though. Are they really? Uh, I mean, the art- artwork that goes into them. Yeah. So they'd be fun to find. So what's that weekend? Uh, the first one? February 11th through the 18th. That's the next big drop week. So there's a website. If you go to the Lincoln City Tourism, they'll, okay. you'll, you can see all the dates that are listed for the, the drop date. So anyway, fun time. Well, if you are heading out to the coast, a sure thing that you will be able to do if you can't find a float is to walk the circles in the sand. It's back for another summer of amazing sand labyrinths on the southern Oregon coast. Now, the labyrinths are created by a team of volunteers led by artists and religious uh, Denny Dyke, who started the project in 2015. Now, the labyrinths are created at low tide, and the public is invited to walk them once complete. Now, Circles in the Sand will host 29 events in 2023, kicking off their season April 21st. Now, all of the events take place during the morning low tide and are held at Face Rock Beach in Bandon. Now, times on the schedule refer to when the completed labyrinths will be open for walking. Volunteers begin drawing the designs about two hours earlier when crowds begin to form. You should allow yourself about 20 minutes to walk through one. Yeah. These are incredible. And they don't last, obviously. They got to wait for low tide. They create them and then... Well, they build another one. I saw a great story on OPB about this the gentleman you're really? talking about and doing these and how he has people helping the volunteers who come in and do it. Great story and really cool. It yeah. looks great, too. Yeah. And then the, the way that they there's padded down sand and then there's raked up sand. Then yep. and, and then you walk through it. Yeah. Uh, incredible. It, oh, yeah. I mean, when you look at it from overhead, how they create these, I, it's amazing. I'd like to see that that story. It's a great story. Well, in sports, rough road trip for the Portland Trailblazers. They dropped <laughs> all three games, Aww. including the loss to Toronto yesterday, the final 117 to 105. Portland is below 500 now for the first time this season with a record of 19 and 20. Blazers will try to regroup with a home game tomorrow evening against Orlando. It's the first of four straight contests at the Moda. So hopefully they can right the ship, get it going. And again, today, tonight, 4.30 or this afternoon, the college football championship game, Georgia against TCU. So uh, that wraps up the college football season. Well, praying for the Pope's intentions is an important part of our Catholic faith. It is a way for us to show our respect appreciation for the Pope's leadership and his commitment to the church. Praying for the Pope's intentions allows us to express our devotion to the church and to the Pope himself. It is also a way to show our unity with the church and our commitment to the mission of spreading the gospel. You know, through prayer, we can join our voices to the Pope in offering up our praises and petitions to God. Now, Pope Francis asked that Catholics join together to pray for some of the most pressing issues in our world today and designates a specific intention for each month of the year. So for the month of January, Pope Francis has asked us to pray for educators. 
And he says, we pray that educators may be an incredible witness teaching fraternity rather than competition and helping the youngest and most vulnerable above all. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Saturday at 8.30 a.m. is a memorial prayer service in Beaverton for the end to abortion. St. Cecilia's Respect Life Committee invites all to pray with them. Benediction, a pro-life rosary, and the Divine Mercy Chaplet for an end of abortion. This will take place after the 8 a.m. Mass. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go over to the community calendar, Hail Mary Media app, or on our webpage, materdayradio.com. Well, as you mentioned, today is the baptism of our Lord. We're going to learn more about this day from Father Gabriel Mosier right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Holy Cross Priest Father Jim Gallagher in prayer with the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. For all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for sin, for the intentions of all my friends and associates, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. Get 2023 off to a powerful start with Monterey Radio's Hail Mary Media app. Make your resolution to grow closer to Christ in the new year, and we'll give you the tools to achieve that goal, including a huge library of audio, video, and text prayers. You could even set a customized schedule of your personal prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also lets you catch a live broadcast of Mater Day Radio and access podcasts of all our original programming, including shows not available on the radio. Plus, there's unique features in our Catholic Lifestyle section, The Bridge, exciting local events on our interactive community calendar, and much more. Resolve to download it today. Just search Hail Mary Media in the App Store or go to materdayradio.com and follow the instructions. Make 2023 your year to grow closer to Jesus with the Hail Mary Media app. From Materday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 
It is 8:13 at Mater Day Radio. Well, the National Weather Service has just issued a wind advisory until 1 this afternoon. We could see wind gusts of up to 32 miles per hour. Showers today as well, a high of 52 degrees. Decreases to 20% chance of rain overnight tonight, low of 39. And then a 30% chance of showers for Tuesday with a high of 49. Currently, it is 47 degrees at Sacred Heart Catholic Church up in Battleground. And it's 46 degrees at Queen of Peace Church in Salem. The liturgical season of Christmas begins with the vigil masses on Christmas Eve and concludes with the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. Joining me this morning to explore this event is Father Gabriel Mosier. Thank you so much for having me. Father, here we are at the end of the Christmas liturgical season. We prepared for Christmas during Advent. We celebrated the Nativity of the Lord and then the Epiphany. Now, the Church includes the Baptism of the Lord as part of this Christmas season, though. Why is that? Well, there's a a tradition that the date of the Epiphany, not the actual year, but the, the date is the same day as the Baptism of the Lord. So that many of these theophanies, these God appearances that happen in the Gospels, in the life of Christ, happen on the same day. In fact, in the uh, Divine Office on Epiphany, it recounts three specific events that happen on the day of the Epiphany. And that is the Epiphany itself, Mm -hmm. the baptism in the Jordan, and the wedding feast at Cana. I see. And so these three mysteries are linked together to each other in sort of a temporal understanding, and therefore in a understanding of who Christ is, what his mission is, what he's doing, how he's beginning the establishment of his church. Father Gabriel Mosier is speaking with me this morning to help us understand more closely the baptism of the Lord. Now, you touched on this, and and my question is, is it has to do with why is Christ being baptized? He's God. So why would God need to be baptized? Right, and this is a very important question. And the first part of it is, is this question of need. Did Christ have to be baptized? Was it necessary that Christ be baptized? And the answer to this from all of the, the great theologians is no, that it was not necessary. Just like it was not necessary for Christ to redeem us by way of the cross, but yet he chose to. And this choosing to is what we call fitting, that this action of our Lord was fitting. And why is it fitting? It's fitting because of the nature of God and because of the nature of man. And also Christ in particular of possessing both of those natures. So St. Thomas Aquinas, one of the things he points out is that this action of our Lord to submit to baptism is an act of profound humility because God made man, humbles himself to be baptized by John, a creature. And this is a beautiful moment of the humility of God, how God condescends to us so that he might save us from our sins. It's also said that Christ did this because he wanted to set the example. He was going to demand this of members of his church, this new act of incorporation into the church, or as St. Paul calls it, the circumcision of the spirit or circumcision of the heart. Mm-hmm. This action, Christ himself exemplifies it by his very actions in his life. And this is where he institutes, as it were, Christian baptism. 
But according to the Jerusalem Catechesis, which is this ancient document, now we're not quite sure exactly who the author is, the Jerusalem Catechesis, it says that it's not just what's happening now, what Christ is doing, it's not just simply that this baptism that's going to happen now as a result of the sanctifying work of Christ is not simply going to be for the remission of sins and for a sense of conversion, but it's actually going to be a participation sacramentally, a participation in the death and resurrection of Christ. One of the most beautiful lines in Christian thought comes from Ignatius of Antioch, that when Christ goes into the Jordan water mm-hmm. and, baptize, and is baptized by John, it's not that he is baptized because he's the sinless one, right? but rather that the water itself is baptized by Christ's presence. And so now water becomes a fitting creature to transmit the grace of baptism that is going to happen once our Lord gives it that authority through his apostles after he calls them. I mean, there's so much here. I, right. it, it's amazing, actually. There's, there's the, um, the reading from the Office of Reading on this Sunday for the baptism of the Lord comes from St. Gregory of Nazianzus. And one of the most beautiful things that you can read, actually, is, is his excursus on this point. He says, Jesus rises from the waters. The world rises with him. The heavens, like paradise with its flaming sword, closed by Adam for himself and his descendants, are rent open. The Spirit comes to him as to an equal, bearing witness to his Godhead. A voice bears witness to him from heaven, his place of origin. The Spirit descends in bodily form like the dove that so long ago announced the ending of the flood and so gives honor to the body that is one with God. And that is an incredible part because, in again, this very short gospel reading, John the Baptist is present, Christ is there, the descent of the Holy Spirit, and then the words of our Creator Himself. This is, this is my Son. For the people there to be awestruck at such an event would be miraculous. Well, it is amazing, and and this is where some of the disciples are first called. Effectively, they see this. John in another gospel says, behold the Lamb of God, right? And, and then some of the apostles immediately, like, we found him, we found him. It's, it's, a, it's a profound moment. They don't get it. They don't, they, right. they don't get it. They, and, and this is the story of the apostles and the disciples up until, you know, Pentecost, really. They don't quite get it, but they see the mystery beginning to unfold. And it begins to unfold for most people here. It's a new epiphany. You know, if Epiphany was the revelation of Christ to the nations by way of the three kings, if the Nativity was the public revelation of Christ to the world by way of the Nativity and the shepherds and all of creation, the angels are all present. It's that public revelation of the Incarnation. And then you have the revelation of the Incarnation to the pagan kings, and then you have now this new revelation at the baptism, a revelation of the Trinity of Christ to the Jewish people. You know, you're having this, these multiple epiphanies happening. 
And that's why it's so fitting that it, that it all fits in this time. It's the same action of God, but to different aspects of people, to different peoples, to different flocks, as it were. Well, Father Gabriel, thank you so much for taking your time today to, to help us more fully understand this event that we are about to enter into. Before we go, would you please offer us your blessing? Absolutely. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made Amen. heaven and earth. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And it is 822 at Mater Day Radio. Well, one of the great ways you can support this wonderful radio apostolate is through our vehicle donation program. So if you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Really quick and easy process. Just go to our website, click on vehicle donation under the Get Involved menu. It'll take you to the main page. All the information is right there for you, and it is a likely tax deduction as well. That's Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed what happens when you try to keep up with the current fashions? You go nuts. When we are obsessed with keeping up with the times, we become slaves. Fashions are never settled. To chase something that is always changing is simply futile. It's not freedom, it's insanity. G.K. Chesterton says, The Catholic Church is the only thing that saves a man from the degrading slavery of being a child of his age. Christianity is always out of fashion because it's always sane, and fashions are always insane. The Catholic Church never has to worry about being behind the times because it is beyond the times. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Many blessings and hoping you and your family had a joyful Christmas holiday and are ready to kick off 2023. Camp Howard staff are delighted to announce that registration is now open for summer camp at Camp Howard. Visit cyocamphoward.org to register. The number one reason our youth were excited to be back at Camp Howard last summer was the ability to engage in fun activities together with their peers. It's time to give that much needed fellowship, connection, and joy to the kids in your life. Campers enjoy the friendship, camaraderie, natural beauty, and sense of freedom that a week at Camp Howard offers, all experienced in a safe environment with caring staff. For more information and to register now, please go to cyocamphoward.org. We are currently hiring camp counselors and officials for CYO Track and Field. You can help spread the word with more information on our website at cyocamphoward.org. Thank you and may God richly bestow his blessings upon you. Do you want to live a truly authentic Catholic life? 
This is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and Monday nights at 7.30, Ken Hellenius and I team up for Living Stones. This dynamic weekly show will help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His church with practical ways that you can grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Join us for Living Stones, Monday nights at 7.30 on Modern Day E-Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 826 at Mater Day Radio. Well, could the Great Salt Lake dry up? That's the fear. We'll have the story in the news. Let them cry in church? Don't worry. Pope Francis' message to those visiting the Sistine Chapel. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news. Here is Jamie Teton and Surrendering. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. How could I hold back the smallest part of anything I'm holding in my heart? When I've seen who you are In the light of overwhelming grace For the matchless glory of your name I will live my praise Surrendering Everything Bowing down I am yours to you 
That is Jamie Teton and Surrendering. It's 830 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Pope Francis baptized babies in the Sistine Chapel on Sunday and encouraged parents to teach their children to celebrate their baptism anniversary each year. On the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord on January 8th, the Pope baptized 13 babies and presided over Mass beneath Michelangelo's frescoes. In a brief homily, the Pope said that baptism is like a rebirth in Christ and therefore should be celebrated like a birthday. As in previous years, the Pope told parents not to worry if their babies made loud noises during the ceremony, he said... The children are symphonic. Let them cry, breastfeed them freely. What is important is that today is a celebration. St. John Paul II began the papal tradition of baptizing children in the Sistine Chapel on the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord on January 11, 1981. The event was reserved at first to babies of Swiss guards, but later expanded to include the children of Vatican employees. And Pope Francis told International Diplomats Monday that the global community is engaged in a third world war marked by heightened fear, conflict, and the risk of nuclear violence, but a recommitment to truth, justice, solidarity, and freedom can provide a pathway to peace. The Pope made these remarks as part of his annual address to the diplomatic corps accredited to the Holy See. Pope Francis characterized this speech as a call for peace in a world that is witnessing heightened divisions and war. And as part of this heightening of tensions, the Pope warned about the increased threat of nuclear warfare, drawing particular concern to the stall in negotiations for the Iran and nuclear deal. Boy, it has just been crazy weather in California, and the Golden State is bracing for another round of likely flooding, mudslides, toppled trees, and perhaps a few brief tornadoes as the latest in an unrelenting parade of atmospheric rivers hits the West Coast. Now, the storms today into Tuesday are expected to bring another surge of hazardous heavy rain, mountain snow, and damaging winds to California, where thousands are already without power and some have been ordered to evacuate or warned they could be asked to flee. Governor Calif- or California Governor Gavin Newsom said yesterday They expect to see the worst still to come. Wind gusts topping 100 miles per hour were already being reported across the region early this morning, including a 132-mile-per-hour gust in Oroville, California. That's spurring fears of more downed trees and widespread power outages. President Biden has declared a state of emergency in California today. Wow. And what they wish they could do, I know, is with so much rain, it's flowing out into the sea. I'm sure many places in California wish there was a way to get that water to them, too. Well, West Lynn City Council appointed 23-year-old Rory Belostisky as interim mayor last week by a vote of two to one, making him the youngest in the city's history. He was voted in after the former Mayor Jules Walters resigned to serve at the state capitol. 
Now, he graduated from Wesleyan High School class of 2018 and recently graduated from Lewis and Clark College with a degree in international relations. Now, despite his young age, he's no stranger to Westland politics. His passion won him a seat on the city council in 2020 at the age of 21. And then in 2022, he was appointed city council president. Velosky is now in charge of $70 million budget and 27,000 residents. He'll hold the title until May. Velosky is leaning towards running for the official position of mayor of Whistling in May, but has not officially decided yet. That's a uh, pretty nice uh, thing to be able to put on a resume. Yeah, mayor of a city. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Good for him. That's great. Well, will one of the natural wonders of the West soon dry up? That's a concern of nearly three dozen scientists and conservationists who have released a report warning that the Great Salt Lake in Utah could disappear in the next five years without a dramatic inflow of water by 2024. Their report is going to Utah lawmakers who were set to open their 2023 legislative session later this month. Now, the scientists are imploring the lawmakers to take emergency measures to save the Great Salt Lake before it drains completely. The report notes that the huge lake has been plagued by excessive water use and a worsening climate crisis, dropping to record low levels two years in a row. The lake is now 19 feet below its natural average and has entered uncharted territory after losing 73% of its water and exposing 60% of its lake bed. I've never oh. been to the Great Salt Lake. You ever no, been there? No, I haven't either. I've actually wanted to spend a little time traveling through Utah. Now, we talked earlier in the show about Lake Mead experiencing a right. similar thing. Now, as Lake Mead has been withdrawing, they're finding unusual things, cars and know, debris it's... and all kinds of stuff. I wonder if they're finding a similar thing in Salt Lake. Ah, good question, yeah. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. Well, Circles in the Sand is back for another summer of jaw-dropping sand labyrinths on the Oregon coast. Now, the labyrinths are created by a team of volunteers led by artist Denny Dyke, who started the project in 2015. The labyrinths are created at low tide and the public is invited to walk them once complete. Now, Circles in the Sand will host 29 events in 2023, kicking off the season April 21st, wrapping up August 5th. The events all take place during the morning low tide and are held at Face Rock Beach in Bandit. Yeah. And you said this summer too, David, that the floats, the glass floats mm -hmm. will be starting up also yeah. pretty soon. Oh, In fact, it, yeah. February. February, yeah. Actually, they had th their first drop was actually last weekend. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah. They had their oh, first one. It. Yeah. And so the other one's coming up in February. And then pretty much every month, I think there's a couple months in the summer that they don't do it. But the Oregon coast is awesome. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful. I miss going out there. I haven't been in a while, David. Yeah. I feel like I need to take a drive out there. I think it's a great idea. In sports, the NFL playoffs are set following yesterday's regular season games. And maybe the biggest surprise of them all, the Seattle Seahawks are in as the final wildcard team. Now, to qualify for postseason, the Hawks needed to beat the Rams, which they did in overtime. Then Detroit had to beat the Packers in Green Bay. That also happened, sending Seattle to the playoffs. Now, the Hawks will take on division rival San Francisco on Saturday in one of the wild card games. 
That will kick off at 1.30. That'll be down in the Bay Area. Hopefully it'll stop raining by then mm-hmm. down there. That field could be a mess because I think that's a natural grass field. Oh, so we'll, okay. uh, they'll probably have it covered until then, but still, yeah, it could be messy. The other wild card game, Brenda, on Saturday, we'll have your Los Angeles Chargers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are another amazing story. I mean, they started out this season with a lot of losses and then really turned it around to end up winning their division. That's amazing. Yeah, so pretty pretty big stuff there. College football season culminates tonight with the championship game, pitting the top-ranked Georgia Bulldogs against TCU. Game kicks off at 4.30 on ESPN. The undefeated Bulldogs are nearly a two-touchdown favorite, but don't count out the Horned Frogs. They have been a surprise team all season long. So I was seeing a story about, you know, before the season starts, if you're a gambler, you can bet on what teams will make it to the championship. Mm-hmm. If you bet on the Horn Frogs back then, you would have had a pretty sweet payday because <laughs> the odds of them making it were really not great. Long so, shot well, for long sure. Shot, yeah. Well, I have a brother-in-law, Scott's side of the family. They are there in Georgia. I feel like I want to root for them just because, you know, root keep, yeah. you know, for the family. The idea of a horned frog winning it all <laughs> is just too exciting to not want to pull for them. <laughs> That's true. Well, for 40 years, the Pope has baptized infants in the historic Sistine Chapel underneath the beautiful frescoes painted by Michelangelo. It is a unique tradition, one that was started by Pope St. John Paul II. Now, initially, the tradition started in the Pauline Chapel of the Apostolic Palace on January 11, 1981. But then Pope John Paul II moved it to the Sistine Chapel on January 9, 1983. Now, St. John Paul II loved the Sistine Chapel and commissioned a lengthy restoration of the chapel that removed much of the soot and grime that covered the frescoes. He gave a homily at the conclusion of the restoration in 1994, reflecting on the beauty of the chapel. He said, the frescoes that we contemplate here introduce us to the world of revelation. The truths of our faith speak to us here from all sides. From them, the human genius has drawn its inspiration, compending itself to portraying them in forms of unparalleled beauty. Well, this yearly ceremony keeps the Sistine Chapel in use as it was meant to be a sacred space for the worship of God, recalling the many events of salvation history. You know, David, as they were doing that restoration, because there was a lot of soot, there are before and after images where, I mean, the brightness of the original paint was incredible. He also commissioned that many of all of the artwork be restored to its original form. Mm -hmm. When Michelangelo painted it, many of the forms of the saints and the apostles were without clothes. Right. And, and someone over time had said, no, we're not having all of this nakedness in the Sistine Chapel. But, but Pope Francis said, no, that that's the art that it was. And the body is made in the image and likeness of God and had that commission to be removed. Also. You ever read about the process they went through to restore the frescoes? It's amazing. And just little sections, right. At a time that they would work on and, uh, Boy, what a, a, a priceless gift oh, no doubt. to the world that that chapel is for sure. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. 
On January 16th at 6 o'clock p.m., you have an opportunity to attend Beauty and the Feast, a talk on women, faith, and food. Sounds great to me. This is at St. John the Apostle Catholic Church in Oregon City. Women of all ages are invited to a talk by our own Mater Day Radio host, Miriam Marston. Hey, Miriam. Who will offer a combination of personal testimony, scripture meditations, and the writings of holy sisters and brothers, both past and present. I like the name of that, Beauty and the Feast. Beauty and the Feast. That's, That's good. fantastic. You can find all the details. Just head over to our community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. So we've been talking today a lot, the baptism of our Lord, and so we've got a pretty unique second cup coming up because you're taking a look a little bit of the history. That's right, and about how baptism was done back in the day, we'll say, Mm -hmm. a couple thousand years ago versus what we look at today. Well, there's some things that are different, some things that have not changed at all. All right, it's right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E, dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. When it comes to the death of a loved one, who do you turn to? I'm Maria Lee, a cemetery counselor with Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Our cemeteries have served Catholic families since 1888. In 2017, we added a full-service funeral home with on-site cremation, so we're even more prepared to help when a death occurs. When you choose us as your funeral home, you do so with the assurance that you're working with a Catholic funeral home owned and operated by the Archdiocese of Portland. And when the time comes for burial, know that we serve all cemeteries in the area, including our Catholic cemeteries located on both the east and west sides of Portland, where we offer traditional cremation and green burial options. For more information, please visit our website at ccpdxor.com. We are Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services, compassionate and pastoral care. Hi everyone, this is David from Mater Dei Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Mater Dei Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. It is 8.45 at Mater Day Radio. A wind advisory is in effect until 1 this afternoon. 
Could see gusty winds up to 32 miles per hour. We'll have a high of around 52 degrees today. See showers mostly this afternoon, up to 60% chance. 20% chance of rain overnight tonight, low of 39. Then Tuesday, 30% chance of rain. That increases to about an 80% chance of rain on Wednesday. Highs will be right around 50 degrees both days. All right. Well, currently it's 50 degrees. At St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 46 degrees at St. Anne's Church in Gresham. It's good to the last drop. A second cup of the morning blend with David and Brenda. All right. Monday mornings is always a need for a second cup, I think, for sure. Uh, But today, it's a very special day, a feast day of sorts. Now, it's a little bit moved around here. Today, we celebrate the baptism of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now, typically, January 6th is Epiphany, and then the Sunday would be the baptism of the Lord. But then uh, Epiphany was shifted in the United States to the Sunday, and then that makes today, January 9th, the baptism of the Lord. All right. So we're going to spend a little time today talking about uh, baptism. Yeah, I don't remember mine. Do you, I don't remember mine either, but if I think hard enough, I remember each one of my kids, and yes. and, and each one of them went a little bit differently. Uh, our daughter was, we were still in California where she was baptized, uh, and then... Uh, our two daughters after her at St. Joe's, where we've been there for a long time. And then our son, Christian, Scott was in deacon formation. So we took him, the whole family, up to the Palisades, which is the retreat center for the Archdiocese of Seattle. Yeah. Stripped him down, dunked him in the water, and made him clean there again. There you go. And then we put him in a dress, as he loves to recall, and just mortified that we would... <laughs> Do such a thing to him. This poor little boy uh, had a christening gown, a family gown. Yeah. So uh, so I've been reading a lot at Alatea.org. They've got one of their contributors. His name is Philip Kozlowski. Mm-hmm. He's been writing incredible articles, history, scripture history on different subjects over the years. And you often hear them on the morning blend. Yeah. This one was fantastic, though, because what he did is he looked at baptism within the church. And used an old reference, actually. It's an ancient text called the Apostolic Tradition. And it's commonly attributed, he said, to uh, Hippolytus, Hmm. Hippolytus of Rome. How would you like that for a name? And explained how the rite of baptism was supposed to be. So I thought we'd go through the rites of what this Apostolic Tradition said and see how it compares to what we're doing today in the church. So first of all, there are some smaller parts of the baptism that were included. Mm-hmm. The first one, exorcism. Really? They used to have an exorcism, but David, that's still a practice and available through the baptism rite. He says baptism was and still is in the Catholic Church preceded by several minor exorcism where the priest or bishop prayed prayers over the catechumen about to be baptized freeing them from any attachment to sin. I mean, that's basically what an exorcism is, is a freeing of. And it seems like, if I recall rightly, when they did that with one of our kids, had that full exorcism right at their baptism, there was crosses all over, Mm -hmm. forehead, ears, maybe chest and back, uh, and that's all part of it. Right. Yeah. This one, yeah, not so much we're doing anymore. How about an all-night vigil oh, yeah. to get ready for baptism? He says, according to the apostolic tradition, 
It says, they shall spend all that night in vigil, listening to reading and instructions. It says baptism was a major life change for these early converts, and the church wanted to ensure that they were well prepared. So the night before your baptism, and we think about the early church with so many converts coming into the faith. We're talking about more adults were being formed uh, at that point. Stay up all night, read, receive your final teaching before you're baptized. So I wonder if that was just for adults being baptized or if they did that for infants. I would imagine so, obviously. But I think they may have kept them, you know, at a younger age, Mm -hmm. made them stay up and say, yeah, let's do this uh, late vigil. Right. All right. The next thing they were required was a profession of faith and renouncement of sin mm-hmm. still present in yeah. the church. Well, isn't it during Easter? We always do the uh, Absolutely, our the sprinkling rite. Yeah. Right? And, and that's all part of that. It's that remembrance of baptism. Mm-hmm. Now, it says before baptism could be administered, the catechumens had to profess their faith in front of the priest, bishop, and renounce their former way of life. The Catholic Encyclopedia explains how this renunciation and profession was practice though. Here's the interesting thing. It says the catechumen standing with his face to the West, which symbolized the abode of darkness and stretching out his hand or sometimes spitting out in defiance and abhorrence of the devil. And it was also customary for the, after this, for the candidate for baptism to make an explicit promise of obedience to Christ. Hmm. It's really kind of interesting yeah. how they did this. So you have to face West because we know that, well, Christ comes from the East. Yeah. So they say, all right, then there was an anointing with oil. And that of course is still happening still within that. our church today. Those to be baptized were anointed with oil before and after the baptism. The first oil was the oil of exorcism. And the second oil after baptism symbolized their anointing into the threefold mission as priest prophet, and king. Now, the current formula for anointing the newly baptized explains the symbolism. And it says, as Christ was anointed priest, prophet, and king, so may you live always as a member of this body, sharing everlasting life. Uh, I've said this before, when one of my kids was anointed, this priest uh, got him oily. I mean, really anointed this little boy. And it was the perfumed oil. Yeah. And I could smell that on my blouse where it had rubbed off for such a long time. I think it went through the wash a couple of times and I could still wow. smell the, the anointing oil. So it was beautiful. And then lastly, the apostolic tradition explains how those to be baptized must remove their clothing, go into water mm-hmm. to be baptized. And scholars, they bet whether uh, how naked they were going into <laughs> yes. this. Uh, And then what happens, though, is immediately after baptism, the newly baptized would put on a white garment, just like the white gown that a a newborn wears. Sure, It's beautiful. And in fact, the rite of baptism says you have become a new creation. You have clothed yourself in Christ. So beautiful day to uh, think about baptism. Maybe get out some pictures of your children's baptism and, and remind them what it's like on that day. We hope you enjoyed today's second cup. Support for Matre Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist 
online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Greetings and blessings to all of you listening to Mater Day Radio. Join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, and other listeners of Mater Day Radio as we pray the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a double shot to start the day on Mater Day Radio. It is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. One last look at your forecast today. Wind advisory in effect until 1 this afternoon. So it could be a little breezy out there. You can see gusts up to 32 miles per hour. High today, 52 degrees. Chance of showers. 20% chance of rain overnight tonight, low of 39, and then a 30% chance of rain for Tuesday, a high of 49. Currently, 47 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is I Am They and From the Day. You're listening to The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. When you found me, I was so blind. My sin was before me, I was swallowed by pride. But out of the darkness, you brought me to your light. You showed me new mercy and opened up my eyes. From the day you saved my soul. It's all around And 
That is I Am They and From the Day. It's 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. Oh, we made it through a Monday. Monday, Monday. Monday, Monday. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'm looking outside right now. Actually, a little sunshine coming through. I like that. I wonder if this isn't the calm before the storm. <laughs> yes, I hope not. It I is going to be not. breezy today. But hey, you know what? It's January. It is. It's, it's winter time. It's winter time. That's, so that's right. That's what you need. Well, that is going to wrap it up for us on this Monday show. Living Stones coming up this evening at 7.30 with Deacon Harold Brooks-Sivers and Ken Hellanius. You can catch that podcast on the Hail Mary media app. We hope you have a very blessed day.